Yeah. All right, Al. So let's get caught up here a little bit on uh, some tweets. We I have okay. not done a good job of, of looking at this nearly often enough today, so kind of all over the map here. This is from Hovick77. He says, a canceled meeting is the best. That's a pretty good – this goes back to Factor Cap where canceled plans are the best type of plans. There's nothing quite as satisfying as, hey, I need you here at 2 o'clock, and then the day before you're like, you know what, that meeting's canceled, and you can just go about your day. Yeah, I, I uh, put it this way. Nobody is going to be coming in. No, but we got to have that Let's just get work. it done. Let's no, just let's knock just, it out. Let's power through this one. It's like, when do you guys want to do it? You want to do it next week? Why don't we put kick the kick the can down the wrong a little bit further? No, I'm, once I'm the meeting's on canceled, one. it's canceled forever. We're not doubling back on that. This goes back to another factor cap uh, topic from GFish21. I have a feeling I know where this is going. After HBO is done filming the 80s Lakers Showtime movie, will they start immediately filming the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, and the asphalt driveway? This is the guy that's obsessed with Larry Bird paving his own driveway. So you knew uh, that was coming. It's a six-part documentary on everything from the John Deere equipment that he was using, uh, the whole thing. When he originally purchased the uh, – when he originally purchased the – what was he doing, by the way? Doesn't he mow his own lawn and he was... He shoveled the gravel for his That's own driveway. Yeah. yeah, like black top or concrete, the Larry Bird story. How to end a career 10 years too early by paving your own driveway. It's still just the most Larry Bird thing you've ever uh... heard. Uh, Jesse Garcia sent in this tweet. It's just a graphic and it says, has the Lions logo and it says 02 and 1. And then it has the Rams logo and it says 0 and 3, and it says their November records, Rams and Lions. That one uh, lands a little close to home. That's kind of hard to reconcile that the Lions, who are winless on the season, have a better November record than the Los Angeles Rams. That's tough. They do have a tie. Just heads up on that. <laughs> there, there was Give nothing more certain on Thanksgiving than the Lions were going to find a way to lose that game. That absolutely was going to happen because it's not Thanksgiving until the Lions blow the game. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. It's been a couple of days, and I'm still just ecstatic that the yeah. Trojans hired Lincoln Riley. And, and I, th- I think I know why. It's as simple as it looks right. The energy is right. That this is not something that is, well, we'll see. Well, maybe. Well, if he gets this or if this happens, it just felt like the perfect match for the perfect place that needed something young. It needed something energetic. It needed something confident. It needed something borderline arrogant. Like, here, here's the difference. When Lane Kiffin took over as the head coach of, of SC, he was plenty arrogant. But he didn't have any skins on the wall. He didn't have any, this is what I've done in college football as a head coach. Lincoln Riley's coming in three college football appearance, uh, college football playoff appearances in four years, multiple Heisman Trophy winners, multiple number one NFL draft picks, a team that wins far more often than it loses, what is it, 55 and 10 in his career as the head coach at Oklahoma. There's no, well, there's it's nothing but just check marks right on down the line. Most importantly, just attitude that comes along with it. I love it. This is um, what's happened with USC, and this is just the reality of the situation. Last couple of years, have they become irrelevant in LA? Stale. USC football, you know, stale is one thing. Stale is um, things aren't changing. It's just kind of the same product every single year. But irrelevant, I think, is a better way to describe them. You and I, the only time we talk about USC football is when we're making fun of them. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how they lost, how much they lost to against UCLA, that every single week it seemed like 
um, one of the schools within the Pac-12 walked into the Coliseum and did something they haven't done in 20 years or something along those lines, right? For all the wrong reasons, we were talking about USC. And when you you got a market like L.A., um, and I want you to play something from Lincoln Riley that came yesterday, and I'll, I'll set that up in just a second. But when you have a market like L.A. where the Dodgers are – for, Dodgers are competing with themselves as in, yes, they, they do understand the importance of being relevant, but they're already relevant and they're trying to win. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, they just want to win as many World Series as they possibly can. And of course, that's an incredibly difficult task, but they've been so good for nine years. The Lakers, you know, you have a bad season or two and everyone is going, every fan is going after the organization like, what the hell are you guys doing? This is the Lakers. Obviously, you don't have much room there for... Um, you don't have much room to not succeed. Go down the list of what the Rams are doing at SoFi and uh, that stadium just being built there. The Clippers putting as many resources as they possibly can with Steve Ballmer. You're either relevant in the city or you're not. Mm-hmm. And I thought what we saw with USC over the last couple of days, they instantly, instantly became relevant again. And you, you've said something in the past. There's certain organizations, there's certain programs that – they could come back like that. And yep. before you know it, all of a sudden the Coliseum is completely sold out again, that you and I are spending most of our conversations on the shows talking about what USC did in a big game over the weekend. It can change that fast, but you got to have the right coach. And, and, you know, you said this. This wasn't even a home run. It was a grand slam. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there in the college football world, forget about L.A. for a second, that's not sitting back and saying, that's a big-time move by a big-time program that has been dormant for X amount of years. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't just that a Pac-12 school made a good hire. It's that USC made a good hire. And it, we, we joke about this. You mentioned it earlier today that I, I get in the front seat of an Uber, right? And it's my power move. Like, I'm sitting up here. This is how this yeah. is going to go. You put the window down and <laughs> you put your feet out. You start drinking this water. Off. I you just hold your... myself to his Aquafina <laughs> that's right there in the, in the center. What's going console. on in the glove compartment? <laughs> you want to swing by and grab something to eat real quick through mcdonald's um I gotta stop by walgreens <laughs> exactly you talk about a power move that this set off a chain of events throughout college football where everybody started chasing really quick that lsu yeah. all of a sudden had to go take notre dame's coach that all of a sudden oklahoma is in the you know oklahoma is as blue of a blood as there is oh, in college football fantastic program and, and they need to rehire a new coach and they need to do the and but SC went first. SC because what did we talk about a couple of weeks ago? That hey, listen, SC's going to eat third. They don't eat on Thanksgiving. They right. have to wait till Friday for the leftovers. SC after LSU is done deciding who they want, and after Florida is done deciding who they want. Yep. And all of these people are done. Then USC can go hire the defensive coordinator from Colorado. That that's what it felt like we were headed towards. Hell no. Hmm. They went out and got the guy because other than Nick Saban, if you went through and said in your wildest dreams who do you want pick anybody i'm not so sure that lincoln riley isn't the first pick and that's who they got that notre dame has to go find a new head coach because lsu stole their guy usc is sitting there going we got our guy we went first we didn't pick after everybody else was done picking we got it and i think that it speaks to the way that sc is committed and then to to your point about what lincoln riley said he understands what coming to los angeles means yeah i think there's the combination of the the history and tradition of one of the greatest college football programs of all time, the, the city. I mean, they're, you know, probably the mecca of sports right here in Los Angeles. You could just feel the energy and passion. You could feel that these people are serious about doing anything and everything possible. And that combination was exciting for me because you start to really 
think about what this place can become, and, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Listen to that guy. And, and the, the, the speed in which they got it done, the fact that they got this thing done in a hurry. They're saying they didn't talk until Sunday. I, I got a bridge to sell you if you believe that, but it doesn't matter. That they got it done as quickly as they did, that they got it done right after he lost to Oklahoma State and said, hey, listen, before all these other pieces start to move, let's just lock this thing down. What do you want? What's it going to take? We'll buy your house. We'll do all these other crazy things. They got it done, and it speaks to their want. It speaks to their commitment to wanting to be on equal footing with Ohio State and Alabama and Oklahoma and LSU, not to go beat UCLA and Washington. That was your biggest question. Your question was, do they want to – is this where they want to be? Because mm-hmm. if this is where you want to be, then you got to go out there and you, you got to go for the best and you got to go offer them. It doesn't matter about the money. And that's where you can give, you know, Rick Caruso, you can give Carol Folt, who is the president uh, at USC, obviously Mike Bone. It's not a question of um, we're going to nickel and dime this. You know what? We're going to give this a shot, but if he doesn't really have any interest – no, no, no. Go get the best. And that's what they did. So I'm, I'm going to read this off here. So today's stat hero of the day is uh, obviously Lincoln Riley's deal. Did you see the terms of this? I did. It's pretty impressive. All right. So USC contract details $110 million. It's a lot. I thought college football was a nonprofit. Okay. Uh-huh. USC yeah. buying both his homes in Norman for 500000 which, by the way, is literally everyone here in L.A. is like, their home is only 500000 Uh <laughs> I think a million-dollar bonus, buying a $6 million home in L.A. for him, unlimited use of a private jet 24-7 for family. And listen, I'll throw this in, too. Um, My car is 2013 if you need it, (laughs) if you need it for anything. You want to go 60, 80 miles away, it's a hybrid. So I can help out with anything as well. But, Trav, the the reason why I point that out is whatever it takes to get it done, they got it done. And that's the biggest difference the way – your perception of USC was prior to this hiring to where you're sitting today, they're not messing around. And you know who else isn't messing around? Um, Alabama's not messing around. Mm-hmm. Georgia's not messing Ohio around. State. LSU's not messing around. Michigan's not messing around. Ohio State, if you want to be in that caliber with those, forget the Pac-12 for a second. Oregon, by the way, is as best as they can They're not playing messing the game. around. No, they're not. Right? They're, they're all in. They're all in. Yeah. So if, if that's the goal – this is what you have to do to set your foundation. They obviously, they got the first step in. Stat Hero, the exclusive daily fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa show. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for a 100% deposit match. You know, it's, they, they said that this thing came together, that they got this done from the first time talking on a Sunday. They right? texted that, each other. That, that Lincoln Riley said, we hadn't talked till Sunday. Okay, let's just pretend that that's what happened. And, and maybe, who knows? I, I don't think so, but who knows? Mike I, Bone Facebooked. He hit him with a message on Facebook a with a wink to Lincoln Riley. And then next thing you know, it sparked everything. Everything starts on Facebook. Because the, I think this is, and this goes back to what you were saying a second ago about being all in, right? That they called Lincoln Riley and said, hey, uh, Lincoln, it's uh, it's Mike Bone. Yeah, who? Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC. Yeah, what can I do for you? Hey, listen, we have a vacancy and we want to see uh, gauge your interest. Yeah, Mike, I'm very happy here in Norman. Um, you know, I've been in the college football playoff, you know, three of the last four years and got two Heisman Trophy winners, two number one draft picks. I, I, I'm pretty good. Yeah, but, but, Lincoln, hear me out here for a second. What would it take? You can't afford it. Try me, Lincoln. 
Well, it would take $110 million, unlimited use of a private jet. You need to buy me a $6 million house. I got to buy me. I got to sell my house here. You got to pay my assistant over here $2 million. That guy over there a million. Okay, when can you get here? Can I call you back? Yeah, no, I don't even think it was that. I think it was great. When can you get here? We'll send the, We got the plane. It's at the uh, the dirt strip in Norman, Oklahoma. It's ready. It's it's ready for you. Come on out. Come on out to the big. We we got you covered. And I they they didn't mess around. It wasn't one of those. Well, what about this? It was what do you want, and we'll take care of it. In my mind's eye, that's what it feels like because that's the only way something like that comes together that quickly. Well, I, I think also too. Um, it's because they felt, hey, this is the guy. Like if you were able to, I'm just use as an example. If it was number two on their list, or number three on their list, or five or four or five on their list, mm-hmm. the conversation is going to be different. Now maybe there is a little bit more of a negotiation. Maybe there is, you know what? No, we can't do that. We can do this. It's got to be these terms. I think because they felt like, you know, Trav, you, if I said you could have any college football coach in the country right now mm-hmm. and you're thinking big picture you're thinking okay well how old is this guy can he be the the head coach of this program for the next 10 years if you're thinking long term and short term and everything else what's his success been um, what if he has unlimited resources in the southern california market and it's the usc brand and oh by the way some of the best college athletes high school athletes are right here you don't have to go anywhere anywhere and you just got to make sure that they stay He's got to be on an incredibly short list, and I think they thought the reason why it's one thing to go all in, but it's you go all in because you genuinely feel we got him. We got that guy. And they did. And I cannot wait for the start of the next season. All right, the Dodgers are not as good of a team today as they were yesterday, but are they still the favorites in the NL West? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think there was a fox, too. Everybody knew the alligator. There was definitely a tiger, and I believe there was a little fox that you could get on your shirt in, like, 1979, too. A little before your time. I'll go look for it. I don't know what it was called. I remember Le Tigre and Izod, but not the fox. You should get nothing but fox-related wardrobes. I, I, I like how you and I are probably the least concerned when it comes to wardrobe, but yet we talk about clothes once a month. From the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's uh, that's our sweet spot. Travis Slees brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. Max Scherzer is a very rich New York Met, and Corey Seager is an even richer member of the uh, – Texas Rangers, 10 years, $325 million bucks to Seager. I hate to see him ghostly. I really yeah. do. He's he's one of my favorites and has been for the last several years, but I get exactly what the Dodgers are doing. The Dodgers aren't giving a 10-year deal to Corey Seager. It's just it, it just it's a step too far. It's it's not unlike what the Dodgers or excuse me, what the Angels and the Cardinals ran into 10, 10 years or so ago, where the Cardinals were like, we want to keep you. You've been a great player, and Pulse is obviously far more accomplished than Seager, but 
the Angels came in off the top rope and said, well, how about $250 million over 10 years? And the Cardinals went, well, we're not going to do that. That's a lot what this feels like. Yeah, I, I say it, and I think sometimes another team can make a decision for you. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when you become a free agent, it's an open market. So every team's in a different situation. Every predicament is going to be different. The way the Texas Rangers run their – uh, their organization is completely different than how the Dodgers are obviously built an incredibly successful franchise over the last nine years. Max Scherzer, who ends up with the New York Mets, uh, I- I'm sure on Sports Talk Radio yesterday and today, there's a lot of positivity about the uh, the Mets going out there and grabbing Max Scherzer and, and you know what a great pitcher he's been in his career and what a great pitcher he was just a couple of months ago for the Dodgers no doubt. in the postseason and kind of that postseason run. Um, but if if you try to look at this more from a perspective of how have the Dodgers been as successful as they've been over this course of time, and it's a combination of, yes, we have a lot of money, but that doesn't mean we're going to be careless with our money. And when I say that other teams can make a decision for you, the Rangers made a decision for Corey Seager and the Dodgers. That that wasn't. I don't think there's much of a conversation, uh, you know, past of the numbers and the terms that you just you mentioned for for Seager. The Mets made a decision for Max Scherzer and the Dodgers. Now that doesn't. That's not me trying to justify that the Dodgers are a better team today than they were a week ago because that's not the case. Scherzer was huge for the Dodgers. No question. Uh, Corey Seager was huge for the Dodgers over the years. I know they're both different just because Corey Seager was here for so many years. X Miners, they won the World Series together, and Max Scherzer was a rental. Um, I'm not justifying that the by not having those two guys on your squad is a good thing. But I will also say, from a long term perspective, this is this is how the Dodgers build. They don't they don't spend wildly like other franchises need to. This is how much equity the Dodgers have put into their fans banks right I'm talking about emotional equity fan equity and I'm not money what the Dodgers lost Max Scherzer and Corey Seager in the span of about a day yeah and people are not saying what the hell's going on how, how, how why, why didn't we get to keep Corey Seager how is Max Scherzer why didn't we do that why didn't we go and match what the Rangers have that they understand two things number one those deals for long term rarely work out and and long term and three years isn't long term but it's it's middle term it's for long when you're 30 i was just gonna say for an aging yeah. guy it yeah. is a long-term deal and i think dodger fans realize that a what they have left and b andrew friedman and his staff have really developed this culture where guys we know what we're doing we're not going to get caught shorthanded they, they envisioned yesterday back in july they, they knew that what happened yesterday was a very real possibility back in July. And instead of yesterday, Corey Seager and the announcement that he's going to Texas was met with, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? It was, okay, well, we thought that might happen. Uh, Trey Turner, you're now our shortstop. And the, the difference between Corey Seager and Trey Turner is negligible. You know, you can make the case that Seager's better. You can also make the case that Trey Turner's better. They're, they're really comparable players. And, and, and I'm curious to hear from Dodger fans, 877-710-3776, 877-710-ESPN. How upset are you about I think every Dodger fan likes Corey Seager. Every Dodger fan would have loved to have seen him gone. But see, I'm just looking at the absence of outrage, and I think that says something. I think that says to, to Dodger fans that, yeah, we know that we're not maybe what we were a day ago, 
but we're still the best team in the division. We're still one of the best teams in the National League. It's still going to run through L.A. I, I think if – what did – so Seager got, what, 10 years, 325? Yeah. Okay. Let, let's just say that if – I'm just going to use numbers to use them. If Seager signed for five years, a buck twenty-five, mm-hmm. I think you'd get a lot more Dodger fans saying, "What the sure. hell? That's a good deal. That's within the ballpark. Why? Why didn't you guys make a bigger run? Why didn't oh, you guys course. make a bigger bid? Bid at it. Same thing with Scherzer. Let's say Scherzer was two years and it was sixty million. It's like, no, no, no. You, you could use them over these next. But they would have been in on that. The, and, and that's the point. That, yeah. That's what, that's why when I say that, I feel like they made a decision for you. I, I actually want to correct something here because. I mentioned a couple times. There wasn't times. a fox on the t-shirt? It was just, was it was just alligators and, and tigers? <laughs> and this is what pisses me off. Okay, no. So um, during the season, I mentioned this a couple times. I'm like, well, why isn't there more? It's disrespectful that the conversation about Seager is, well, Seager's probably going to leave. And you know what? You got Trey Turner. It's like, guys, Corey Seager has been a big piece of this franchise for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful to just all of a sudden think to your think in your head that, well, if he goes, he goes. And you had mentioned something about it's they can only control what they can control. Corey Seager, if he decided, I just want to go get paid. Yes. Pay me. By the way, in three, four years, he could get traded somewhere else and it's somebody else's contract. And mm-hmm. that obviously happens in the league. I just want to go get paid. The Dodgers, when when I would go back and say, I feel like it's disrespectful. What do you mean you're not going to go after Corey Seager? Now that you kind of take a, a, a full look at the picture and, and those who would say, well, Trey Turner could go into a spot, I understand the perspective of there's going to come a time where if the Texas Rangers do something that is careless, we cannot match. It doesn't make sense for us to be careless because the Rangers were careless. Exactly. I'm not going to match your recklessness with my own. If you want to give a guy a 10-year deal who has a history of injury and, and that's the only way you can get him, I get it. I'm not going to do that. Because I have a plan B. I've had a plan B in place for six months. I, I knew that this day was a possibility. I prepared for it. I, I diversified, right? I didn't have all of my money yep. in this one stock and it decided to walk out the door. I have other things to do. Let's try some of these phone calls right here. Let's go to Newport Beach. And Everything's in crypto for me. <laughs> I still don't understand what that is other than I blew it and I should have had it a long time ago. <laughs> Patrick in Newport Beach. You're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Gentlemen, long-time listener, you guys are right on point on this. And I'll tell you that the one thing that I would say that would make Dodger fans more crazy than or more fearful is that, like, Friedman. Friedman, we have confidence in Friedman. He's conditioned us fans through calculated moves, through being very, very close to the vest about what he does, making moves when moves need to be made, and not doing what – the Rangers did. I mean, the Rangers spent a half billion dollars in their infield, and the Rangers aren't going to be in the playoffs next year. Yeah, good for them. You know, good for them. <laughs> well, no, you you're, you're, you're right that 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 dirt circle in the middle of the field that the Angels have ignored for ten years, it's still a problem for the Rangers. That you can go get Marcus Simeon, really good player. You can go get Corey Seager, really good player. Uh, neither one of them pitch, and you're going to have to find some guys to pitch. And like you said, good for you. You got two really good players, but what does it do for you long term? Time will tell, but in the short term, not much along the way. Let's try another one. Uh, Downey this time, and Jason. Jason, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Jay? Hey, hey, guys. So I'm I'm not mad at all that he left. I'm actually more sad because you know what? That dude was our MVP. Yep. He, he basically won the World Series for us. But I I I can't hate on Freeman passing and not signing him because. This just shows how great of a 
president he is, you know he did his due diligence. When he got Scherzer, he made sure he got Trey Turner because the possibility of Seager leaving was huge, and guess what he did? So that's all right. We still got a shortstop, and now it's time to maybe extend Trey Turner and hopefully let's see what, let him work his magic uh, this offseason. Have a great day, boys. Appreciate Thanks, you Jason. calling in. You know, Trav, what's interesting here is the the calls that come from the Dodgers, Dodger fans, it really is unique. I, I, I say that because the tone is different. Now, you might be frustrated because you didn't win the World Series. You might be frustrated because you were upset at Dave Roberts in a predicament or situation. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? But I think the it's a great example of they just lost two key players. Two all-stars. And, and Dodger fans, and they understand. Yeah. There is no like... There is no this is BS. How did you not match it? What are we doing here? What about next season? Well, now all of a sudden the NL West and other teams in the NL that gap is a lot is, is a lot smaller. I, I just I, I that's my observation because we take a lot of Laker calls. Obviously, you and I, whether it's covering the Rams or just recently before USC did did what they did, you can complain about the Dodgers and and I know Dodger fans do, but I, I think there's an incredible amount of well, let the front office figure everything out. Let them let the let the puzzle pieces all mix together before there's a overreaction. Travis Slees brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. There's a difference between what you just said about the Dodger fans and the fans of the other teams and the front offices of the other teams. We'll get into that next. Plus, more of your phone calls on Corey Seager and Max Scherzer no longer being members of the Dodgers. That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Would you snore on us, Emily? Is that something that uh, you would you would break out if you thought that we were not up to snuff? I don't know. I've never seen you guys be not up to snuff, so we'll have to see and find no, out. No, I, I've seen because we do the Zoom call sometimes. She will not do a snoring. She'll just literally fall asleep for a segment. She'll just be like, this, I don't know where Al's going, uh, but this is getting pretty damn boring, Al. And she'll kind of power nap six, seven minutes, and then she's back in. This is how committed Emily is to that Zoom call that you're talking about. That The way that her desk is positioned in her office, yeah. it, it faces, I guess that would be east, I think. And so, yes. as because as, we do the call kind of early, so sometimes the call, the sun is coming up. And it's like someone is standing out in front of uh, her office with one of those Hollywood spotlights attempting yep. to blind her, and she muscles her way through that call. I'm, I'm impressed every time. Yeah. Her vision is probably being <laughs> drastically impaired, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the commitment. LA Live doesn't really help me that much. It's just literally, it's, I think it's 8 o'clock every day. It's just like, oh, meeting, here we go. The and then I, I, can't, I can't bring the window. The sun. Just starts coming. Absolutely. That's uh, I appreciate you you muscling through for the, uh, the the program, Emily. All right, let's try another one of these phone calls. We're talking about the Dodgers, and very quickly, Al, you said you know the Dodger fans seem to have, I, I guess the word is perspective or patience or or whatever it might be with Andrew Friedman. Because look, if you lose two All Stars, Corey Seager is not just an All Star; he is a potential MVP at this point in his yep. career. He's that good of yep. a player. Max Scherzer is a multiple time Cy Young Award winner. He's walking straight off the mound into the Hall of Fame. He's that good. Both of them left the Dodgers yesterday, and it was met with more 
emotion than with frustration. It was met with, oh, that's too bad. I really liked those guys. Yeah. It was not met with, what the hell are we going to do now? And that's because Andrew Friedman and his team have put enough equity in, in, in Dodger fans' account to, yeah, he knows what he's doing. That is a bad deal. And they understand that 10 years for anybody, you know, maybe with the exception of a Trout or a Tatis or a Betts, it just is a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. And and I think Dodger fans understand that. But, I, you know, to go back to it, it doesn't mean that, first of all, we got to find out what happens to Chris Taylor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kershaw still a question mark. Kenley Jansen. Are they going to go out, if they didn't go spend 70-plus million for this upcoming year on Max Scherzer and Corey Seager, why are they going to use that money? How are they going to use that money? So it's it's an incomplete process, and it would be it would be incredibly unfair to judge the Dodgers today based upon what they actually end up with at spring training. So I, that's number one. The second thing is, no one is trying to sit here and try to sell Dodger fans that this team is better off without Corey Seager or they're better off without Max Scherzer for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to say that. But long-term for the Dodgers, and I think what's been a big part of their success, um, they know how to build something that's not just for today, but it's also for 10 years down the road. Yeah. And th- that's the most important thing. Cause and it's, it's also not, the hardest thing. It's not common in sports. No. It's not. You, you either have what's in front of you and that's all you could pay attention to and a coach is trying to do everything he can to keep his job and players are trying to get that next contract or um, you don't really have direction and you're just like, okay, well, we're in a complete full rebuild rebuild mode. They have an incredible way of kind of balancing both and, that, and that's that's why they get the benefit of the doubt. Even with the guys that have left, here's what they have under contract for next year. This could, this could mean Kershaw could leave. It could mean Jansen could leave. It could mean, in the worst case scenario, that Chris Taylor leaves as well. Their outfield, starting outfield is A.J. Pollock, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. It might be the best in baseball. Their infield is Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Gavin Lux, and Max Muncy. All well, Bellinger's of those, got a lot of work to do to 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 be to, to make that kind of claim, but I know a, what you're saying. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but Ga- he's a former MVP. I, he had a mm-hmm. terrible season on the heels of a not very good season, but it's in there, and we got to see a little bit of it. In their infield, the only one on that team that hasn't made an all-star team is Gavin Lux. Okay, and so and he so he's the weak link, and Gavin Lux is a pretty good player. Sure, their catcher is Will Smith, who might be the best young catcher in baseball. Their starting rotation will include Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, Dustin May, three young, dynamic, powerful arms. They're just fine. That that's the other reason. It's not just that they're gone. It's you look at what's left, and it's still as good as anybody else. Let's go back and try another phone call here. Let's go to Oxnard this time, and Joel. Joel, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Joel. I don't think there's another team in baseball that can say, oh, two star players left the team, but yet they're still top three in MLB. I mean, they're still one of the top three teams in all of baseball. On top of that, you know, Andrew Friedman, he's been an expert on what to do with these contracts. He doesn't make the mistakes that another team from the Anaheim does. For example, Hamilton, Pujols when they obtain the Vernon Wells contract. Friedman is spacing things out perfectly. He knows what he's doing. The Dodger fans have learned to trust Friedman. It was a sad day. Corey Seager, we love you. See you when you come to LA. That's it, guys. Yeah, thanks, Joel. I, I think that's really well said. And it's let's just add one thing to it. Yep. It's not that the Dodgers won't go big. It's that they're very selective and cautious about how they do it. When they traded for Mookie Betts, 
it was with the understanding that we're going to go big on Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. that we're going to give him a, you know, a 10-year deal. We're going to give him $400 million or what I, I don't know the exact number, but they're willing to do it, but it's under very specific circumstances. They're not like the Angels or the Rangers or the Mets or some of these teams that the only way you can get an Albert Pujols is to to overpay by a factor of you know who knows how many percent ten percent twenty fifty percent I don't know what it is the Rangers the only way they can get Corey Seager is by saying we will give you a ten year deal worth three hundred the Dodgers it's not an average annual value thing it's a ten year thing they just are very reluctant to do that under unless it's very specific circumstances what do you think happens I, I'm curious to see how things play out if. A guy like Chris Taylor, which I'm sure is a huge priority for the Dodgers, especially right now. But even if things, even if he was the first domino to fall, I, I think just because he can play so many different positions, obviously be a useful player, all that stuff. What do you think happens with him? Because do you think what what happened with Texas and Seager, or what happened with Mets and Scherzer, where another team kind of made the decision for you? Think that happens with him? Maybe. I, and he's a little bit of a he's nobody more, saying 10 year I'm just yeah saying like, he's more Max Scherzer than he is Corey Seager because mm-hmm. he's in his mid-30s and if somebody comes in put, let's just use this as an example mm-hmm. making up numbers let's say he's going to make 20 million a year mm-hmm. okay and the Dodgers are willing to do three years at 20 million well if somebody comes in and says well we'll do five at 22 million well then okay conversations bye. over bye mm-hmm. thank you we'd love to keep you but we can't do that that that's not going to allow us to continue to do all the other things we want to do and in, at that moment chris taylor should absolutely take the other guy's money but i think that at some point he understands you know winning here he's been a dodger for the, the vast majority of his career he's had his greatest successes here I think that there there is some value in that, and but again, he also has not gotten a huge fat payday the way that some other guys have. Clayton Kershaw can make a decision based exclusively on winning, right? Because he's put I don't know what it is three hundred million in the bank already. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done that. He he's going to get a, a bite at the apple for the first time in his career in a big way. So if he goes and, and takes the extra years and the extra money, I get that. I don't begrudge him that at all. I hope he stays. They're going to need him. You know, there's reports that Max Muncy has an elbow injury, and all of a sudden you're going to have to start to shuffle some pieces if that means that Cody Bellinger comes in and plays first base, who plays center field. Well, Chris Taylor can play center field. He just fills so many different holes for you along the way. He's an incredibly valuable player, but the Dodgers are not going to break their routine. They're not going to do what they don't want to do, and that's go long-term, big-dollar deals for guys that aren't very specific types like Mookie Betts. Uh, let's go to another phone call here. Let's go to Frank in Monrovia. Frank, what's going on? Thanks for calling into the Travis and Sleeve Show. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. You know what? When, someone pointed out earlier, we trust the process. As Dodger fans, we trust the process more than almost any other team out there. We trust the process when we want what's best for the player. We trust the process when we want what's best for the team. We're not freaking out because we know the team is going to go out there and do what's best to get back to the playoffs. We trust Dave Roberts and we trust the front office. And it's hard to say, especially from a team that has such a long story history of superstars. And we're not out there pushing that this is going to be the end of the world. We get that these guys are going to go where the money is. We know that their contracts are going to be negotiated. And for us, the big part is also that we want what's best for them too. They're always going to be a Dodger in our eyes. We're always going to see jerseys on the backs of kids with Peterson and Hernandez. But Trusting the process is part of what makes us loyal fans. Appreciate you calling in, Frank. Trav, you know what's interesting? Try to think of this from – let's look at this from the NL perspective or the NL West. Just use that as an example. You look at the Dodgers 
short term, you're like, okay, hey, you know, if, if Dodgers were running circles around the NL West or they were running circles around the National League, now all of a sudden that gap is it got a little it sure. got a little tighter. It did. But don't you almost feel like a team like the Giants or the Padres or uh, the Atlanta Braves or the St. Louis Cardinals, you almost feel like even with losing those two players, they would have rather seen the Dodgers be careless. No, no, no. They went out and did pay Corey Seager. Do you see what I'm saying? That Well, they, they flexed their best strength, and that is that they're smarter than everybody else, right? That it's not just that we have a big check, but we've seen guys with big check. But the Angels spend money. Yep. The Yankees have spent a ton of money. There there are teams that spend money, but they don't always necessarily spend it the right way. The Dodgers, I think you're right. I think if you're competing against them, you're hoping they make a couple of big mistakes that will kind of hamstring them to make future mistakes down the road, and they just don't. Maybe, you know, look, maybe Corey Seager goes to the Texas Rangers and wins a couple MVPs over the tenure. It's not out of the question. They, sure. they would certainly miss him in that regard, but they're not caught with a – a contract that you can't get rid of or a contract that's just incredibly penal and you're not caught with a guy with nobody to back him up. They they took care of all of the contingencies before he had even left. That's how smart they are. Their greatest weapon is that they are prepared, that they're smart, that they, they anticipate the outcomes that may come down the road and they're set up for it. And, and let's also see how things play out, right? Like, like I sure. mentioned, if – they might be going out and saying there might be a player that you and I are not talking about right now that they end up signing. There might be a pitcher that you and I are not talking about right now that they end up signing. Maybe Chris Taylor comes to a deal by the end of today. So let's, I think letting things play out for the Dodgers is also the right thing to do because you're so early in free agency. Everybody's trying to get as much money as they can, and obviously Scherzer and Corey Seager did that. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear Hotline. We still got calls that we want to get to, plus the dump is right around the corner. Corner. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. All right, so let's start right here. Bo Jackson turns 59 years old today, Al. Mm. 59 for Bo Jackson. And Bo not only is one of the great athletes, not of his generation, of, of all time. I mean, an NFL running back, an all-star outfielder with the Royals, but the cultural phenomenon that was but Bo he Jackson. Pitch. He didn't pitch. <laughs> no, he's no Otani. Right, yeah. he might be the only guy in the world that can look at Otani and go, eh, "I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess." But yeah, you didn't even. How play many saves did Otani have? <laughs> exactly, but the the cultural phenom, phenom mm-hmm. that was Bo knows. I mean, they, have we seen anything? I mean, Michael Jordan, of course, had Tiger Woods, but Bo's Bo knows campaign. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was just so cool. Be like Mike, maybe yeah. that you know yeah. that that's obviously an iconic one right there. Um, I'm trying to think, what was Tiger's? Well, he had the Hello World thing, but then there was the, all those. It was the cool Tiger ones were kind of the trick shot ones where he'd bounce the golf ball That's in the right. club and, That's right. and knock out windows with three different windows and three different stories in an old abandoned building with the same club and three swings. I mean, Tiger was just showing off in those things, but Bo on ice skates and weightlifting and baseball and basketball, just everything. Bo knows was amazing. Yeah, I, I always, by the way, was there a 30 for 30 on Bo? Yes, there was. I never saw it. And I was, and the reason why I was asking the question, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there was a 30 for 30. That's one I got to go see. You know, the, the 30 for 30s, I know you and I, there's kind of an exhaustion from all those sports documentaries. I think that's one that you can sit down and truly appreciate something so unique in the world of sports. I, I've not seen that one, but I, I got to see that. So Mark Gubza, who does color for the Angels, was teammates mm-hmm. with Bo Jackson in um, Kansas City. 
and he's told some stories about Bo. And I think, but I think Gooby's actually in the the Thirty for Thirty documentary. I think he told this story there. I, I could be mixing the streams. Maybe he told this uh, on his uh, my one of my old shows. But Bo would bring a bow and arrow, like a crossbow, in, into the locker, into the clubhouse, and would like pick like they put apples and things and he would he was a master with a bow and arrow too that there was literally nothing that this guy possible that's what i mean he's just what like otani we've talked about you know if you said otani he'd never seen a pool table before something he'd be a master in about 10 minutes bow was like that too ridiculous yeah so take okay what's more impressive otani or bow it's bow right more impressive because as, as amazing or, as Otani oh, is, yeah, Otani same sport. Both of those things are baseball things. Mm-hmm. Bo played; he was the best running back in football for a minute. He was as freakish of baseball players you've ever seen. Is it Bo? Gosh, that's so tough to. I want to say Bo, but it's it's so unique what Otani did. The the positions of being able to pitch and then the very next night hit a 430-foot bomb, uh, the All-Star <laughs> game being bases. in the home run derby, <laughs> and then the next day pitch for the American League. Uh, yeah, I, you're making a pretty good case. Gosh, dang it. That's that's a tough one. That's really tough to kind of think about which one's more impressive. Urban Meyer, head coach mm-hmm. of the Jacksonville Jags, says, quote, no interest in taking another college coaching job and remains committed to rebuilding the franchise. Look, I think we can all agree in a very turbulent time that we live in where nothing is quite what it seems. Mm-hmm. If you can't take Urban Meyer's word for it, then wh- where are we in the universe? I mean, if there's anybody that's as trustworthy as Urban Meyer, I don't know what to do. So go ahead and scratch his name off of every college football list. Urban Meyer has said he's not interested. It's gold to me. Whatever <laughs> Urban Meyer says to me is it's concrete. It's set in stone. You know what I mean? There's only a few people I trust in the world. <laughs> It starts with Urban. Yeah, look, t- Tiger Woods and Urban Meyer. If they say it, it's true. You can just you can take it to the bank as the gospel truth. By the way, wouldn't being the head coach at Notre Dame be a better job than being the head coach at Jacksonville? I'm Probably, and he'll get a bazillion dollars over there on top of the bazillion he already has. So, yeah, it might be. It might be. You know, this kind of brings us back to Lincoln Riley for a second. That a year or so ago, I was like, hey, look. Urban- I can see Urban Meyer leaving at halftime of this upcoming weekend <laughs> game because he has a meeting. He has a Zoom call with Notre Dame. But go back a year, right? And it was like, hey, look, Urban Meyer's kind of a shady guy, but he's going to win you football games. SC should kick the tie. They should take a chance on that. Thank goodness they didn't. The, yeah. This is where they ended up with Lincoln Riley. That's perfect. What, what an amazing way to turn it's, that It's around. perfect. And USC, you know, I, I think part of the reason why Clay Helton was there for as long as he was, like you said, clean-cut guy. Yeah, he wasn't going to you know, change your football program around, but SC had a lot of clouds hanging over them that they wanted to okay not now Lincoln Riley is going to fit right in how long do you think it's going to take do, do you do they win the Pac-12 next year do you got to have to give him at least one year to kind of get his feet wet to understand the Pac-12 to understand the West Coast to understand Los Angeles or does he just drop in and Pac-12 championship Rose Bowl CFP could he do it in year one I think he drops in and instantly has tremendous amount of success I don't think he you know I, if the expectation is next season you got to win the Pac-12 uh, give him, give him a year. You know what I mean. I, other, I think give him a year is the right thing to do. The rub though too is the Pac-12. Other than maybe Oregon and Utah, it's not very good. It's yeah, not like you got to get better than ten teams. You got to get mm-hmm. better than two. How do people find the pod? Got to be the reason why I came to the Pac-12 too. Yep. ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Catch the full three hours Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Just go on the app. I'd like to start the show tomorrow by announcing that Chris Taylor is still a member of the Dodgers. That would make me very happy. Mason and Ireland coming up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN.